Okay, Larry, it's time for the theme song. If you like to talk to tomatoes, yeah. if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes, up and down the produce aisle. Have we got a show for you? Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tails, llama beans, collard greens, peachy king, veggie tails, cauliflower. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where's Pod When I'm Scared, a podcast where everyone has a buzzsaw in their hands. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by Luke. Ah, I cut myself. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> This is a horrible idea. To yeah. yeah, why did you give us these buzzsaws? Well, I, I thought it would work well for uh, the, the episode we're going to talk I'm about. I'm bleeding all over the place. Well, we'll try to get this episode done quickly before I... we get you to a hospital. Okay. I need to look Just, up how much blood a person needs to live. About eight kills. Death, death Stranding, I not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, can really get that meter down low. Uh, but we have a guest with us today. We sure do. Jordan. Hi. I, I was about to say, I, I trimmed my nails, so my buzzsaw is actually kind of dull at the moment. Great. <laughs> Jordan, cut the shit and tell us what your deal is with religion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I'm Eastern Orthodox, uh, which okay. is like Roman Catholic, but not. Okay. Um, okay. The I think it's before it was like one of the schisms that the church had even before the Protestants and the right and Martin Luther and stuff like that. And it's funny because like I spent like a good solid three hours last night just kind of looking over that what caused it, and it's so dense mm-hmm. how, how that is because it is literally a matter of 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 how something how like a, the, a creed is read and a few other things but like one of the main things that everyone can point to easily is uh what's called like primal or papacy the primacy of the of the papacy like okay for eastern orthodox they don't really see the pope as being the one be all see all for the voice of God, and like on the even when he's on the throne, he's not supposed to be uh, infallible and, and stuff like that. Okay, they uh, they recognize that you know sometimes what, everything's supposed to be like a whole community effort, and like you know everyone's there's bishops and then above them archbishops and so on and so forth, and that yeah. like cardinals is like the top, and that maybe like. Uh, the cardinals that have been around for a while will have carry weight with their words, and people were like, "Well, they have been around, you know, like that." But they, it was they never th- saw it as, "Well, if this person says this is what goes, then we have to do it." Mm. And as like it basically, and around like I think it was like 1054 AD is when this kind of came to a head, and they finally were like, "No, that's it. We're not. We're we're calling. You know, we're you're being heretical. We're you're we're gonna excommunicate them." And the head of the Western Church, like Roman Catholic Church, was like, "No, you're being heretical. We're going to excommunicate you," and that's kind of when they formally split, and it kind of stuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I mean, other than like a few specific, like how traditions are done, how sayings are, like 
a lot of Eastern Orthodox have their things in Greek, uh, oh, citing okay. that as like the original way was uh, how a lot of the uh, stories were told and stuff like that, which sure. is also kind of why they read uh, why the Easter East and Western uh, had problems is because at one point the Roman Catholic basically translated everything into Latin. Right. And so that left to some interpretations and stuff like that. And, mm. and the East was like, you know, well, you're kind of like putting this Latin version over here as opposed to what the Greek version was and other arguments and stuff like that. And it's, it's more of just like, uh, I think we should read it this way. And the others like, uh, no, we should read it this, this way. And, and there's been like actual like progress, like, well, not a lot of progress, but there has actually been progress to kind of like heal that rift. Uh-huh. Like uh, Pope John II has at times like been to a lot of like Eastern uh, Orthodox uh, masses and stuff like that talk and like as for like some of like the top cardinals and such like that and, and vice versa. And, mm. and that's been like from like, you know, as something as as early as like the 1980s and 2000s that they've been doing stuff like that, but they haven't ever formally uh, tried to basically remerge the churches. And I honest, uh, I th- from what I read and what a lot of people seem to say is that it's because of the you know the idea of the Pope is something that both sides would kind of have to pr- compromise on. Right. And neither side wants to compromise on that. Right. So I, you know, I, I don't know. It, growing up, like it's, it's never been that much different. I thought, like, I never sure. really knew that Roman Catholics was a different thing. The only time, like, it ever came up was when, um, you know, growing up, I would go to church with my parents and stuff like that. We would say the prayer and cross ourselves. And apparently, Eastern Orthodox make the sign of the cross backwards to how Roman Catholics and and, uh, and Protestants do because oh. okay. Like, uh, you know, it's up, down, and then we go to right. our right shoulder over to our left shoulder while it's left to right for most others. And I gotcha. So, like, there's been times when, like, I actually, you know, with friends from school or something like that, we would just, like, say something or anything and, and make a cross just for, like, you know, like, as maybe, like, we're warding off spirits or something as a joke or anything like that. But, sure, sure, sure. But then yeah. they look at me and, like, you crossed yourself wrong. I'm like, What? No, this is how I always do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that that's how d- divisions are made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. But, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, you know, religion hasn't been too big of a uh, influence on, like, obvious influence on my life. Mm-hmm. Mostly because my parents never really, like made everything overtly religious to the to the things they were teaching me like they I gotcha they kind of installed into me the idea of like you know the golden rule idea of like treat those as you want to be treated yourself mm-hmm. which you know is kind of like a christian ideal and and right. help you know like help those when you because what you may need help someday stuff like that and and things like that but they never overtly said like oh this is because our religion said it. they just taught me that because they wanted me to be a good person mm-hmm. and that's kind of how yeah. they framed a lot of stuff that uh they taught me either from church or anything like that so i so i never like 
for me, I never thought like, oh, this is this is where I got everything. It's more of just like this is what helped shape uh, my ideals and stuff like that. And I honestly, I do I do sometimes like to look like, well, why is everything in Greek or what does this Greek uh, <laughs> Bible yeah. book mean and stuff like that? Or or compare and contrast like some of the differences and stuff like that because I just like learning things like that for some reason. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And and but it's but you know especially when i got older i never really uh held myself to having to go to church or or uh see it as really important mm. and i also think that part of it is like as i said like they in general taught me to you know treat others as you want to be treated as well mm. but mm. i also like the problem is with the with our church and stuff like that it was literally be, it was a community that was basically a neighborhood slash family like everyone knew everyone and and because of that there was gossip and, and stuff oh, sure. right there yeah and i don't know if that's true in a lot of small denominations and other things or anything like that because mm-hmm. uh, i mean there's times that's good and times that's bad uh back when i was when i got that eye surgery i've mentioned on other places before like my parents and I actually got messages from uh, uh, from people of the congregation, you know, asking how I was doing and wishing me good luck and and he- good health and stuff like that. So it's not like we're disconnected or anything like that. My dad, right. in fact, still helps out sometimes and you know goes to church and uh, and like marks up like bulletins and and graphic work for the for the bulletin boards and stuff that they do. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, like. I could tell that sometimes, you know, the politics, like just general politics, not religious politics, didn't mesh well with what my parents thought. Mm-hmm. And my mom was not one to ever uh, <laughs> keep quiet uh, to herself about that. Maybe not to some someone's face, but like, but like at home, like when she was, she would sometimes grump about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of also taught, I guess it taught me not to be to think an authority is the end all and be all of something. Sure. Whether she meant to or not. <laughs> mm. But so that's kind of why I don't go to church regularly so much is that it's not that, you know, I don't think it has its place or I don't feel like, you know, it's important or anything. It's just that I don't feel like I really need it at the moment. And, mm. and, uh, you know, like if people, like if someone from church asked me, "Hey, could you help me do this?" I'll sure, I'll be there to help. Sure, but yeah, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm just not around a lot now. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I can ask a stupid, ignorant question, mm-hmm. uh, what if and I know that there are church services that, yeah, like the service is all in Latin or or like you're singing Greek. Um, so what? What do you get out of... Uh, I don't want to phrase it that way because that sounds judgy. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand, like, if you go to a service where it's all being spoken in a language you don't understand, like, what is... What is, like... I'm not saying there isn't a value in that. I'm saying I'm asking what the value is in that. Well, the congregation I went to uh, actually did most of the services in English. Oh, okay, like, there's, okay. There's only... There's, like, there's certain churches that will do everything in Greek. Right. And, uh, and like, I think, you know, for confirmation, sometimes they'll want you to look over Greek, but... Sure. 
there's also there's also the fact that Eastern also includes like Russian Orthodox and mm. uh, uh, actually my family's like Syrian Orthodox branch of it. So, but the idea is that the English they translated was from the Greek instead of Latin and then to English. Oh, okay, I see. I see. Is is one thing, and I th- if I remember from most of the research I was doing, the idea is that they want you to. S- by speaking the words that were like exactly said, like the, in the original language, you're still kind of evoking a sort of mi- mis like mis what I mean mysticism is kind of a bad word, but that's kind of sure. But something I understand there what you're of saying. the words yeah. themselves, it, yeah, like the words as written have some kind of spiritual value to them, and translating mm-hmm. them kind of you lose something. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely understand that. So is it a case, and I again, I, I apologize if this sounds stupid, if you are, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, because you, you mentioned your services were mostly in English, but is it a case where if you're going to a service that is mostly in, say, Greek, uh, is it understood that like the congregation kind of speaks Greek, or is it like, do you have like a translation guide you're reading along with, or like... Um. Actually, How does that work? A little bit of both. Um, okay. Some of the prayer books in my congregation, especially, actually had dual translation, like the actual, uh, you know, Greek in, and like how to say it in in under underneath it. And okay. Part of that is I I is because uh, I think and th- this is I can't say for sure this is true, but part of it is that you're supposed to actually intone the prayers in a certain way. Sure. And so that so it sounds like you're singing them, and like there's actually guides, like it says in tone one, you know, this uh, is how you say this and stuff like that. Right. And I mean, I that I know, as I said, like that was in the books that in my congregation and church that I went to and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's regular in other Roman Catholic things because you know they kind of also have. Uh, they recite, you know, recite things in Latin at times and too, as well right. and stuff like that. So they might have it in in some a special way of you know like intoning it. Right, right. Um, but I mean, it's it's uh it's actually been like kind. Of, it's actually been like nice as far as I know. Like none of the people I have seen have been. I mean, I, like I said, there's gossip and stuff like that, but that's just you know. Oh, just something that an own community that has lived a long yeah, time gets like, it's absolutely. never been, no one is there. I have never seen anyone like, uh, out, outwardly ever unwelcomed. Like it's very, mm-hmm. I've seen people have been very open and very honest and very nice to people. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it's kind of like one of the nicest things I can say about, about the, about it is that it's a very community and, uh, helpful, you know, helpful, uh, environment. And so, you know, like, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, and because, you know, like, it's been good for me, it's like, that's, I guess you could say, like, I have no really big pluses or minus for it. Right, definitely. Because it it kind of just, kind of, just uh, elevated the, the, uh, the typical virtue stuff that my parents taught me and, Mm -hmm. and didn't, and didn't, like, ever got really in the way of most things, so... So, yeah. you know, it's just been there. I mean, All right, so how does VeggieTales factor into this? Oh, so that's a side, a different story entirely. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, 
Especially- yeah, I, I wanted to get like all of that was really interesting and I think really important, <laughs> but I wanted to get like to what like the actual meat of the issue here. Yeah, I, I feel like I learned some things about you know yeah, different and- belief systems. It was valuable information, but let's get down to the important stuff. Let's talk about Veggie Tales. Uh, so uh, I'm only mentioning this be- uh, uh, that I've said this before because I pretty sure i went into it a bit on like uh way back out in war and beast and stuff like that but mm. growing up my dad owned video stores uh he was like one of the first people in our area that had like rental stores and rented vhs and because of that like i literally grew up on a buttload of like 80s movies and vhs and mm. just over and over again because when my dad was working, we had nowhere else to go. He would just have us like hang out around the store, sometimes watch videos. Yeah. Uh, and he transitioned from that when he could no longer keep the stores open to basically helping put rental places in like, you know, in uh, like shop and saves and like other like grocery stores, like, you know, that little corner, like a little corner where you could get stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually mm-hmm. even expanded to including like video games and video game consoles and stuff like that. And the, and again, like, I honestly remember him doing that was, like, one of the first people in the area to do that. Like, and it seems so common now that you could just, like, rent a system or rent a game from somewhere. Right. But, like, back then it was like, oh, my God. And, and the best part was I got to test drive all the consoles and games before they Hell came yeah. on shelves. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but because he was uh, basically a high-level manager of all these of all these things he would get what is, you know, is like promotional material, uh, especially like in the late, like nineties to like two thousands of whatever movies were coming out, uh, for a long time, companies basically literally sent the entire movie of, of, uh, that they were about to set, you know, set out for rental copies or for sale to people and say like, Hey, this is what we want. And like, it would have like, the general box art of the movie, but also on the stuff was like, you know, this is how well it does in studios, blah, blah, blah. And has this, in, you know, basically add stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And in an, in an attempt to basically say like, okay, well, this is how many I'm going to order for our stores and stuff like that. Yeah. So at some point we got on lyrics mailing list for this and they sent us a ton of the veggie tales <laughs> Oh. Uh, v- VHS tapes as they came out, mm. and so I'm, I'm sure that was like part of their marketing is just mm-hmm. let's get this in as many places as we can, right? Yeah, yeah. and so, um, and so at the same time that I started getting these tapes, I had fi- I had actually kind of solidif- I had finally got a nice group in high school that I felt comfortable with. But they were also kind of also like uh, part of like a youth, like some of them went to like a youth ministry stuff and, and Christ- Christianity and stuff like that. So they knew of Veggie Tales and liked it, but they only had like so many things. So in a weird way, I be- they'd heard the good word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So in a weird way, I became like a dealer of providing videos for them since they couldn't always <laughs> get them since I could get them for cheap <laughs> or for free. And, and it was kind of funny because... Um, Lyrics were were some of the nicer nicer promo tapes, where basically the box art was was just a plain box, but the video itself was pretty much the entire video. Um, they still had like the things on there to let you know that things might be changed by the time it's actually released because this you know it's 
this like a rough copy. Right. But uh, the thing is, is that a lot of other promo copies have ways to make sure you remember it's a promo copy, including a little trail at the bottom that says that this is a this is a demo co- copy. If you have bought or purchased this called 1-800-NO-COPIES, like, it's because you're not supposed to. We can't sell them. We're not allowed to sell them. Like, it is illegal right, right. to sell them. Uh other ones actually would turn black and white if they were in color for parts of the film. Like oh, sure. they would do it for like uh, 30 minutes and then back to normal. Oh. But uh, uh-huh. for some reason, the VeggieTale ones were just, you know, they had the warning at the beginning that, you know, this is a demo copy uh, if you bought it, so-and-so. But that was it. Everything else was just pretty much what the video was. Mm. All right. Well... With all that uh, in mind, I guess let's dive into uh, this episode of VeggieTales. Um, actually, is this an episode of VeggieTales? It- they ne- <laughs> at the very least, the version we watched never has the VeggieTales theme song or logo shown in it. The uh, I had a VHS copy that I wa- watched as well, and it, it just went straight to it like this. Yeah, so... Like, so this might be a VeggieTales special. Yeah... I mean, that might help us out with some of the very upsetting things that uh, make it very hard to square this with the normal VeggieTales canon, which is already yeah. so, you know, serpentine <laughs> and complex. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, people say that, like, Mulholland Drive is a hard movie to understand, but they should try understanding the meta-narrative of VeggieTales. That's what I tell yeah. them. Uh, yeah, this is the toy that saved Christmas. The first of many... Many Christmas specials that they have. They really like doing Christmas episodes, Ashley. I mean, I get why. <laughs> yeah, I get why too, but uh, let's see. I'm going to pull this up. I'm just going to look up how many times the word Christmas shows up in the list of VeggieTales episodes Wikipedia page. 51 times. Now, granted, Ooh. that is, you know, like, the toy that saved Christmas alone has, like, you know, eight of those, but still. I was going to say that you could watch an episode of Christmas-themed VeggieTales for every week except Christmas week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, after this, oh, in just, uh, this is episode six, in just six more episodes, we have the second one, the VeggieTales Christmas Spectacular. Ooh, that uh, one's spectacular. Yeah, and then seven episodes after that, we'll have the Star of Christmas. Okay, so it's coming out like a steady clip. Yeah, oh, oh then there's none for a long time. Okay, uh, they, the, the, they the, burnt themselves out. Yeah, episode 40 will be the next one. Uh, St. Nicholas, a story of joyful giving. I thought you were going to say Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa! Uh, then after that, episode 46 is the little drummer boy. Uh, episode 54, Mary Larry in the true light of Christmas. And then uh, I know that the first of the new relaunch VeggieTales episodes is a Christmas special. So there's a lot of them. <laughs> Well, Christmas is very important to Christians. I mean, that is true. It it that is <laughs> not wrong what you said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel I feel like it might also be very important to uh people trying to sell videos for children. Yeah. Cuz uh mm. yeah, it sure seems like being able to put a Christmas themed cartoon on store shelves during the Christmas season might make some sales. Uh, I do have a piece of trivia related to that, actually. 
Let me see if I can find uh, the bit from the Big Idea Wiki. Here we go. Uh, this episode was said to be a very special episode, mainly because it proved to be a big challenge to Big Idea. It was made with the same number of people who worked on the previous episode, but it was very hard to make. The episode was made around September of 1996, and at that time, the air conditioning at Big Idea's headquarters had been shut off and was being replaced. Suddenly, a heat wave had just hit Chicago, and the employees pushed themselves to get the episode out in time, since they couldn't ship out the they couldn't uh, ship out the Christmas special late. Oh, geez! So they're just crunching on a video, probably using very like big, hefty computers that are just. Pouring heat out into their office in the middle of a heat wave with no air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As soon as everything was done, Phil Vischer began to suffer major chest pains from a bacteria eating at his heart. Oh, God. <laughs> he had to stay in bed for the next month. He felt better afterwards. Oh. So, yeah, they, there's some real blood, sweat, and tears put into this one. And all the time, they're animating something that, like, looks so... <laughs> it's so cold. <laughs> That's true! They're sweating their asses off while they render snow. That must be so fucking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, this opens up on a cold Christmas Eve night. And, uh, right away, like, they won't... The problems just start within, like, the first line of dialogue. Yeah. Because this whole story is being told by George, the pseudo-narrator from the Brackshack and Benny episode. Yes. Who was, like, a character, he worked at the factory, but he also, like, had, you know, sort of an otherworldly power. He was the narrator. Uh, yes. The, 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 like, Deutero narrator under Bob. <laughs> because this show can't make just simple, basic sense ever. No. Well, why would it? Why would it? I, uh, I think at least this one keeps to one narrator. This one um, does keep to one narrator. I'll I mean, give other it that than the much. break. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> give it that much. But the narrator also is a involved part. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So he's telling a story to his granddaughter. Uh, and he's like, oh, I can't tell you no more stories tonight. You gotta get some sleep for Christmas. Uh, and she just wants one more story, please. Please, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, his granddaughter is played by Phil Vischer's daughter. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he finally relents and agrees to tell her the story of the town that didn't get Christmas. And he's quick to correct himself and explain... They, like, had Christmas, but they didn't get it. Get it. <laughs> oh. In the they didn't get it in the biblical sense. Oh. <laughs> you, you like Christmas? Name five of the people at the nativity. <laughs> well, there was the sheep and... Right. <laughs> well, there was God and... <laughs> Pretty sure there was a donkey as well. Yeah, probably. There's probably a donkey around. Uh... But yeah, so he is the mailman who delivers to this town. What's it called? Dinkleburg, I think? No, no, it's it's actually Dinkletown. I was kind of mad Dinkletown. that it wasn't Dinkleburg because of that, well, meme from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, yeah, that is what I'm thinking of, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Dinkletown. Uh, as the mailman comes out uh, to deliver a package, 
all of the kids come running out of their homes to do a musical number about how excited they are that it's Christmas. They're just harassing the mailman in the hopes that he's brought them presents. And he's like, get the fuck off! He's like, what? I have one box, and it does. it's not toy-shaped. They're love- jumping on him while they're singing. Yeah, they're like, give us the fucking presents, like we're robbing yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, they end up, like, he stumbles and falls and, like, knocks over a snowman. The package gets, like, thrown up onto the roof of one of the houses. And he's, you know, pretty good-natured guy uh, for how much of a hard time he's getting here. Yeah, really. Yeah. I really enjoy watching the, the youngest baby carrot during this whole thing. <laughs> because it's one of those things where it's like, it has, like, I'm not sure if it's even me. They have no idea what's going on, but they still want to be a part of things. So, right. Yeah. So they're just kind of standing there watching them, occasionally yeah. jumping when they jump. Uh, also, did, it, why yeah, would the ahead. snowman have a carrot that's smaller Oh no, God! Every time it sneaks past me. What? No, no! You can't. Why would they have the carrot family in this episode if they're gonna do that? They could have just put another piece of coal where the nose goes. The carrot is not essential to a snowman. I understand it's the classic look, but you can get away with other noses. What? That's we we don't talk about the carrot like listen, Mrs. Carrot yeah, is listen. uh you know, still very broken up about what happened. <laughs> <sighs> oh god, you were way darker <laughs> yeah, than I thought. I, I said it and then immediately like that was too dark of a joke. What's wrong with me? It's a BB carrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just that carrot floating in a jar. <laughs> floating in a pickle jar. Yeah, we're briding this carrot. <laughs> Larry just hopping around with a pickle jar with a carrot in it attached to his, like, tummy. So that's where Cole Slaw crying. comes from. <laughs> There's no funny vegetable puns you can make out of Death Stranding, I don't think. Yeah, I, just that, that our ending theme of VeggieTales is playing as he's walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> now that we've gotten everyone to turn this podcast off, let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, the package was a Christmas tree. It doesn't matter. <laughs> An instant uh, button cr- Christmas tree that I liked because it reminded me of, like, the Chuck Jones, I think, with the where they crossed a, a tree with an umbrella to make it easier. Yeah. To, just one yeah. of those little sight gag things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The a TV commercial comes on, and it is Mr. Nezer from Yes. You might remember him from Rack Shack and Benny, except no, you don't. No, that, that, you fool! <laughs> you fucking moron! <laughs> this is Wally P. Nezer, the brother of Nebby K. Nezer. Uh, so I, I looked it up. They talked about how basically. At the end of Rackshack and Benny, Nevi Kanezer, like, turns a new leaf and becomes a good guy. Uh, so it didn't make any sense to have him be the villain again this time. But... Uh, yes, <laughs> go on. But, like, Bob and, like, Junior Asparagus can, like, and Larry can all learn, all learn their shit again? I'm so mad at them because they... 
they just proved that they think about the continuity of this show. <laughs> and it makes like, just enough for us to, like, fuck us up. And make the active decision to not do it right every time, except for this time. Also, it's hard to tell when they're not side by side, but the way- Wally P actually does not look identical to Nebby K. Wally P has a fatter nose. And mm. given that Nebuchadnezzar already looked a little bit like an anti-Semitic caricature, not a great decision. No, uh, especially in what is all about, like, finding the true meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, he's here to advertise a new toy, Buzzsaw Louie. Uh... <laughs> the only toy to have a fully <laughs> functional buzzsaw, which is a joke I like. Yes. Uh, but he tells them that, like, oh, and when you push his nose, it, Buzzsaw Louie will tell you the true meaning of Christmas. And he all he says is, like, buy more toys. Yeah, Other like, kids have more toys than you. Billy. Yeah, consume, like, consume, consume. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he says, like, getting is better than giving. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and as Jordan put, pointed out, Billy has more toys than you. <laughs> yeah. Which leads to, like, another great moment where, like, a, the pea kid rushes in and is like, Billy's got more toys than me! And he's like, the dad's like, who's Billy? And he's like, I don't know, but he's got more toys than me. <laughs> yeah. So he must die. <laughs> I would have hit put out on Billy. <laughs> but, so, this is... Again, an episode about how capitalism is evil, but they're, they can't actually acknowledge that that's what the subtext of the episode is. Yes. At least they're not having kids deliver or make the toys this time. Yeah, that's of. true. That's true. It's just uh, penguin labor instead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, because then we cut to the toy factory, which is all like candy cane themed. Mr. Lunt is here and he's still a problem. He's still a problem in, again, acknowledge, like, how we found out that this isn't exactly the same guy, if you're not, like, paying attention to yeah. uh, the awful stereotyping going on. Right. Is that he goes, like, oh, yeah, like, this reminds me of when I was working for your brother. At yeah, the chocolate yeah. factory. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I was, like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, because, okay, here's the problem, right? Okay. George is telling this story to his granddaughter as something that actually happened to him. He's a character in this story. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is not a story. This is a testimony. <laughs> yes. But if it features people who have were at the chocolate factory, that means the chocolate factory is also a true story. Yes. How do we account for this, Ashley? I'm not sure. How do how do we square that circle? Maybe. Because, yeah, like, and with, because in the chocolate factory, he is talking to the camera. I should let Jordan talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we need someone who outside this bubble. <laughs> Clearly. I was going to say, maybe it is a story upon a story. Like, the version that George is telling us, Shaq and Venny, is his, is based on a true thing and, uh-huh. and, uh, has, and ha- is a testimony, but the version that we see portrayed is just them acting it out like we've said for, like you guys have said for some of their other uh, right. stories and stuff. So mm. that's why there are going to be some 
oddities. Okay, so, but does that mean that Larry and Bob and Junior Asparagus are those characters that we have seen before, like, are established actual people? But they call each other, like, Bob and Larry, not Rack and, like, not Shaq and Benny. Yeah. No, like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they just portray a version of Rack, Shaq, and Benny? But, like, is this the actual, the canonical Bob and Larry, like, the ones that were on the, uh, abandoned, like, you know, the deserted island right i think mm. again yeah. i would not uh. i could not say until we got further like further stories from grandpa george maybe for some yeah. odd reason three characters in his stories are always the bob uh larry and junior character but in the chocolate yeah. factory episode bob is telling a story about george telling a story <laughs> about bob it's some alan <laughs> wake shit <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, I guess the easiest solution is that this is the same fictional meta layer as Rackshack and Benny. So this is actually, we don't see Bob introduce this story, but it's still on that fictional layer. And Bob is telling this story about George telling this story to his granddaughter. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense because they, during the break for Silly Songs, they go back to the kitchen. They uh, do go back to the kitchen. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, if the kitchen's in it, though, Bob does never introduce or, like, bring us out of the story. So that can't no. be... No. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, Luke? Uh, no. <laughs> if, if you want to do okay. a more, like, technical concept- uh, conceptual level, maybe they couldn't do the opening closing bits with Bob and Larry because of the time crunch and the heat. And like they just figured, look, yeah. and just assume that we would uh, imagine or like just assume those were done. Uh, I think that you're right for the reason why it happened. But listen, the text is the text. We can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, listen, now, that's apocryphal. Now I will say, I'm not ready to uh, to go here yet. But there is an emergency lever on this conversation <laughs> that will just blow a door open that we can all escape out of at any time. And again, yes. I, I don't think we've reached there yet. But what it is is that. This is not an episode of VeggieTales and is therefore non-canonical. Ooh. <laughs> is, I like yeah. This is Big Idea Productions writing fan fiction about their own intellectual property. <laughs> so like I said, it is apocryphal. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, listen, I, I'm not ready to, to, to completely abandon any hope of making sense of this. I feel like that's the coward's way out. But, you know, we might feel but... like cowards eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Madness makes cowards of us all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, where were we in the story? Right, like Wally P. Nezer is. Uh, oh yeah, there's a whole bit where like Mr. Lunt is asking, "Wait, why did you want to make all the kids annoying and whiny like that?" And he basically, like, Mr. Nezer basically explains the concept of like consumerism to him. Like, oh yeah, we've created a need that they didn't know they had, that they didn't have until they watched this commercial, and now they feel unfulfilled until they buy my product. It's it's like you said on Twitter that this is another thing where it is, like, way too critical of capitalism for what, like, for what they're thinking. Yeah, I don't think they, like, they're not thinking through those themes, I don't think. No. I'm like, listen, I'm here for it, but I feel like it's not intentional. Yes. Oh, because like as they state later, like you know, it's fine to get toys, right? 
But you just gotta love Jesus. Listen, there's nothing wrong with my vast wealth that I have. It's just important that I value other things more than it. Yes. <laughs> Before we forget, because there's going, it's going to come up multiple times, but the, the ad does remind us that they can't send any toy uh, Buzzsaw Louis to Pugsleyville because the bridge is out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's going to be something that just keeps coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, where do, where do we go from here? Is this when we learn about uh, Louis? Uh, yes, I think so. So, the rise of the AI. Yeah, we're seeing the factory line where all the buzzsaw Louis are being made, and Grandpa George explains that when one of them had their nose punched to test that he said the right things, he winced. Because he didn't like the words that were being forced to come out of his mouth. What? <laughs> what the fuck are you saying, VeggieTales? Are you okay? Are you... Bro- <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. One of these toys, for no reason that is ever explained, as, uh become self-aware and uh, self-loathing because he's yes. forced to say things that... He's forced to say that the meaning of Christmas is toys and just somewhere he's, deep down in his little wooden heart, he doesn't believe that's true. He immediately is cursed with sin. <laughs> so I, he's just, I think Grandpa George even says, like, oh, maybe the wires were just crossed. Like right, no, yeah. No, no further knows? explanation. Who knows? Don't worry about it, yes. kid. Yeah, don't. <laughs> uh, so, Louis is in his box on a shelf in like a warehouse, surrounded by thousands of dead mannequins of himself. Yeah, no, yeah. No one else got sent to him. It's like, not no like, one else is yeah. like. It's like, not like a Toy Story thing where right. all of them are like. Yeah, no, like, toys are the only thing for Christmas. That would make so much more sense if they're all just like, ah, you're crazy, Louie. Uh, and just told him to shut up and he had to run away like that. That would at least have some kind of internal consistency. The fact that only one of them comes to life is so alarming and upsetting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, see, this is just child's play with a moral compass. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... He looks up through the skylight of this warehouse and, like, the Star of Bethlehem's up there. Why not? <laughs> it's Christmas time. And he's just, like, he's singing a refrain of the kid's song about Christmas, but it's sad and slow, and it's about how there's got to be more to Christmas than, than toys. This is the mid-act, like, you know, the person sits down next to the, you know, yeah. the stump or next to the trash can and sings of what, what they want. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he decides to break out of the warehouse and set up to find the real meaning of Christmas, and he falls down a snowbank and gets stuck in the snow. Yeah, and like, well, that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's see. Let's check in with Silly Songs with Larry. Yeah, what's Larry up to? Uh, so Larry has like a whole... This is a nicer set than Larry usually gets to make. I The, thing, the funniest thing about uh-huh. this, though, is... The just like oil tank of snow in the background, <laughs> like just someone like just shaking that the entire time as it's on a stick. Yeah, yeah, just like a box of laundry detergent that they're shaking out in front of a window. 
right in front of the large plug. Um, Larry spends this whole song singing about how he can't wait for Santa to come to his door, a place yeah. that Santa doesn't come to. <laughs> no. Uh, and it starts off with, you know, he gets a knock on the door. He's like, oh, is that Santa? And it's not. It's one of the shallots, and they're a bank robber. And uh, they want to rob Larry's nickels. And Larry's like, well, and this uh, is not a bank, so... Yes, I, I am a vegetable. I have very little money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? You can have one of these cookies that I got. And uh, he gives one to the bank robber, and then he goes back to waiting for Santa. Yeah. Uh, but then this time oh, bes- of besides uh, besides he's the shallot actually has like a black and white striped shirt and and bandit mask and that he's yeah. also wearing a Santa hat. He does have yes. a Santa hat on. Yes, that is important. Uh, and there's an <laughs> I, I, which know? I did not think it was going to <laughs> yeah, be. No, I just thought it was oh, it's a Christmas Christmas yeah. themed thing. But no, it's it's crucial to the plot. <laughs> ho ho ho! I have a machine gun. <laughs> That's the note he said he gives to the teller. <laughs> right. Uh, there's another knock on the door, uh, and Larry thinks it's Santa, but it's not. It is a Viking, played by Paw Grape. And he's like, I'm here to uh, trample your crops, steal your livestock, and rape your women. And yeah. he's like, well, kind of a lot for us. Also, don't <laughs> have any show. of those things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can have a cookie. Larry's a, a little lonely boy on Christmas, a little drummer boy. <laughs> Later tonight, going to beat his drum. <laughs> Uh, and also, Grape's Viking shield has, like, a belt wrapped around it. Uh, Larry goes back to singing Hoping for Santa Claus. <clears throat> and, uh, he gets another knock at the door. Uh, but it's not Santa again. It's, uh, that peach that got his hairbrush. Yes, <laughs> who apparently worked for the IRS. Right, he's just like, I'm from the IRS. And then Larry slams the door in his face. And I just... Want to take a quick moment here? <laughs> Be- yeah, because the running bit of this uh, short, this skit, is oh, these awful people keep coming to Larry's door. This robber, this Viking who like threatens him, and Larry, yeah. Larry shows them kindness, and they all just become friends, and they're having a fun sing along Christmas party. Mm-hmm. But the guy from the IRS, no, that motherfucker doesn't get to come inside. He doesn't get no. a cookie. Now. Interestingly, do you think it's because he's IRS or because Larry was literally down to his last cookie? Mm, I think IRS. I think IRS, he, yeah. He was with it until he was like, okay, I'm going to, uh, like, like, have you done your taxes? Yeah, like, the actual line is, I'm from the IRS and I've come to tax your, and then Larry slams the door. He doesn't even say, like, you can come in, but you can't have a cookie because I'm almost out and I'm saving one for Santa. It's, I, I think it is, uh... I, mean, I, I think that, uh, the people behind VeggieTales don't uh-huh. hate the idea of, of taxes. I think the people behind VeggieTales, the writers and actors of this show, and many of the renderers, are the owners of a burgeoning but very successful business, and are from a, uh, you know certain kind of Christian culture that tends to be very right-wing, and I think they kind of let that seep in with that joke. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah, like, we've mentioned that, like, it's, like, they do have, have, like, little bits of politics slip in. Yeah. 
just like through and sometimes like they have gone out of their way to do that like the new gingrich one from last thing but like they're even when they oh, like mentioned right. that they uh didn't put it in like they are very like careful not to but it like i feel like irs especially yeah is also such like a unfortunate like stock joke right in the same way that like unions can be yeah 100 percent. yeah like oh like oh you're a union guy so you're lazy and you know a slob and yeah definitely definitely uh and like to be clear like this joke is not like her like offensive or anything i just feel like no. they tip their hand a little bit about what their politics are yes uh, I got I've got one more click of that Rubik's cube I've been working on. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Bob shows up as Santa, but he doesn't have a hat or a belt. Just the beard. Just the and beard. And also, he he comes through the kit chimney because, of course, he fucking does. <laughs> Larry, you dumb shit. <laughs> You fucking dumbass pickle. <laughs> uh, but Bob realizes that the the shallot and Pog Grape have stolen parts of his costume, and they all yell at each other and chase each other around the room and run away. And, uh, and yeah. I, I like that Larry is like, well, you know, this is uh, Christmas, so I think it's something that we should... You know, like, we're, it's all about forgiving, and they become better people. And Santa's like, nah, fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, and then the IRS guy comes back to steal Larry's last cookie. Yeah. Because uh, he's like, did you, uh, he's like, did you put this on your taxes? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, well, it's mine now. <laughs> hey, That's no. how IRS works. <laughs> right. <laughs> Credit credits do. They do render. I've got a still like of the the IRS peach, and like they render the glasses lenses such that like they're magnifying his eyes. Like you can see his eyes and his eyes through the lenses, and they don't like match up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A little, a little touch. Yeah. They did a good job. Yeah. I still uh. like uh, Bob as Santa running after him is like saying, "It's like you don't mess with Santa. I have a list." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, it's true. <laughs> right. Uh, but we cut back into the story. And uh, Junior, Bob, and Larry are all out sledding together. And just having a grand old time. They spray snow on the camera lens. And yeah. They, and they were not good enough at uh, this to like make that look realistic at all. No. I guess, you know, hey, kudos for trying something difficult. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah, well, listen, you know. Yeah. It was fucking hot in there. <laughs> right. That's true. Fair enough. Uh, But, yeah, it was hot in there, and Phil Fisher was having bacteria eat his heart. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but they're sledding around, and they're, like, are approaching a walled-off, uh, like, fenced-off cliff with a skull on it. Oh, huh. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> yeah, skull and crossbones. You know, the classic danger sign. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's wrong with that, Luke? Yeah. <laughs> Do they have skulls? <laughs> well, they know that their humans exist of outside yeah. their stories. So, that, well, well, mm-hmm. I think they know that humans exist inside them because we didn't really talk about the fact that Buzzsaw Louie oh, is a right. man. Yeah, it's a yes. human boy. He's a little wooden man. <laughs> I, mm. <laughs> I don't. Why does. Uh, you're killing me. You don't appreciate this. <laughs> we got. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I guess it's a Buzzsaw Louie skull. <laughs> that, that, that's yes. on the signpost. They've made toys of humans, but not right. Uh huh. It's like when we make like monster toys. It's like this doesn't exist. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, they narrowly managed to like bail out of the sled before it hits the the fence. Bob is kind of sent flying and crashes into the snow. And starts complaining about who he wanted to stay home and play Mousetrap. He's like, you roll the dice, you catch the mice. <laughs> yeah, I did no like that line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, Larry kind of points out the, the dead end there. Like, oh, that must be the bridge to Pugsville. I heard it's out. Uh, this is important for later. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like, it's a very, not subtle running joke, but a very like, Dry running joke where just people constantly comment on, oh yeah, that bridge is out. Yeah. <laughs> in, in like a weird way. Uh, it's a weird joke. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but um, they find Louie buried in the snow. And they're like, oh boy, Buzzsaw Louie, the hottest toy of the winter season. Go ahead and push, yeah. his, go ahead and push his nose. Fucking free Buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and push his nose. And they do and uh, they get like, ah, the meaning of Christmas is toys. And they're like, oh, this rules. But then they hear a voice go, wait, that's wrong. And they're, they're so confused until they see that the, yeah. the, that, that little voice came out of Buzzsaw Louie himself. And he explains he's on a quest to learn the true meaning of Christmas. I like how they take this in stride so well. Yeah, they really... Yeah. <laughs> they're totally cool with a living toy. If the, okay. Maybe they just this, thought that's how old Buzzsaw Louis would act. Which, I mean, ha- later they'll find, they would find out that's not true, but if this is the first yeah. one they ran into. So this happened after the Chocolate Factory, right? Yes. It had to have. Yes. Are we, are we saying that what we saw was a dramatization of what happened at the Chocolate Factory? Reenacted by the VeggieTale players? I, I say yes. Yeah, I okay. think that too. Okay. I guess that makes sense. But then are we saying that this is the real Bob Larian? It can't be then, right? I, I, I don't think we have an, anything that we can... Per- like, I don't think we on, honestly have enough data. I think this is... Yeah. We, we'd have to hear more stories from Grandpa George to know if he just keeps having them do this for him, like, to portray yeah. these characters, or these, this is an actual story with, those, with Bob Larian Jr. in it. Well, yeah, because here's the other thing, is that... In the present, Grandpa George has, like, a, a, a white mustache, and mm-hmm. then here it's, like, a dark gray. 
it is at least like a decade earlier, right? If not more. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he went like gray quick. Right. Maybe you just saw something that just turned to white. He just had a horrible bleaching accident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, my That's head why you can hurting. never shave it. Okay, but then I'm just trying to figure out a timeline of Bob and Larry's life. That seems like it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> we know, okay, they were already Christians when they went to the the beach, right? When they were sailors. They just needed to relearn the lesson of forgiveness. Yes. I think. So, but then here they. Th- this must be the when they convert, then, right? They hadn't heard about Jesus yeah. until George tells them about about him. Mm. I, I was gonna say that like this is the most chick track that the uh-huh. uh yes um, that like this whole thing has gotten. You're sort of right, but I feel like he doesn't have that layer of anger and spite that chick tracks have. <laughs> I mean, no, like, obviously not, but, like, the, like, God, what's that? Yeah, for sure. It's like, well, God is this guy in the sky. Right. Uh, so if if this is the real Bob and Larry, then this is the moment that they, they convert to Christianity. And then somewhere between then and now, they've come to understand that Christianity is a religion for our dimension and not theirs, but they're striving to... Uh, appeal to our God anyway. Yes. Even as they practice open cannibalism right in front of us. (sighs) 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 Uh, Yeah, then they go up to Grandpa George's house. Bob Bob says, oh, I know a really smart guy. Maybe he can help us out. And when he remember that it's Grandpa George telling the story, (laughs) and that he wasn't there for this part... Uh, Fucking asshole. (laughs) He might be embellishing a little. I like how Lanny even calls him out on it. Like, well, who is this smart person? Yeah. And he was like, me. And she just stares at him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, they go up to George's house and he he won't say that he gets the Bible out. He says, I got a very old book for them. Uh, But he reads out of, uh, I believe it's the Gospel of Luke. Uh, hey, that's... Oh, that's not me, but it's got my name. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, yeah, gives them, you know, some verses about uh, the birth of Jesus. He says Jesus' name. This mm-hmm. is the... F- it took them six episodes to say the name of the person they worship in their religion. Yeah. <laughs> person slash God. You know, it's complicated. Yeah. It's, it's hard, Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it. It's I'm I'm glad they broke the seal on that one because it was real weird. <laughs> it is. I mean, like I can understand why it took them this long to t- like tell like the story of Jesus. Sure. Like you know, it's they want to kind of get some of the more kidly friendly ones out of the way. Right. Well, and remember they can't depict Jesus. Yeah, which makes and it hard. Yeah, like I mean, it is hard to put up like out a story for kids about cucking. Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, you're saying because God, you're, you're okay. <laughs> All right. But it was immaculate. Does that really count? I don't. No, it doesn't. 
Oh, it was immaculate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad this time only one of us is going to hell. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> God pulls up like, well, I'm only going to listen to the most recent episode. <laughs> listen, God's busy. He's not going to listen to this. If we make and this... yet he is infinite. Well, that's true. Listen, I mean, there's things, there are tasks that if I had infinite time, I still wouldn't get around to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm never going to get around to watching the rest of Mad Men. Come on. Uh-huh. Deadwood, forget about it. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, this whole thing that where, like, oh, these people just didn't know the true meaning of Christmas, and once we explain to them that it's about the birth of the Son of God, and that it's, like, truly, he was the greatest gift of all, it's such a... Mm, this is not an episode <laughs> about the war on Christmas, but it's kind of an episode about the war on Christmas, because it's, like... Yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> like, yeah, that. Mm, I'm not sure there's. It's possible to escape being told what the meaning of Christmas is, guys. This is just going into what a lot of these episodes have been about, which is like that Christianity is this thing that is like much smaller than right. Like Christianity is in fact bigger than capitalism. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that makes it pretty damn big. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's just all, so many of these episodes are all about how Christianity is like again. It's all stories about like uh, religious oppression or uh, the the real meaning of this holiday has been lost, and it's just like no, you need to relax and you need to accept that like. Other people than you exist in the world. And it's okay if they have different, like, faiths. I I wonder, like... I don't know if that's where they're going at from this. Right. Like, per specific instance? Because I don't feel like... And maybe this is just me being a dumb kid. Right. I, I don't feel like the keep Christ in Christmas, like, war in Christmas... Like, don't say happy holiday stuff. Uh huh. Like, started happening until like mid 2000s. Ah, boy. I, yeah, I, I was young enough so. that I, I couldn't really say. I don't know. I'm going like, to look I, up I War on like, Christmas, see if we can find when that whole thing yeah, started. Yeah, that's probably a, a good way to yeah. mark that. Because it's, like I said, it's hard to know if it was just something that actually did get more. Yeah. Uh, people like, uh, talking no, the, about the war on Christmas was started by the John Birch Society, which if you have not heard of the John Birch Society before, it, it was an old uh, like right wing group that like founded a lot of like conspiracy theories about how like the United Nations was trying to take over the world and that kind of shit. Uh, cool, 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 I, cool, cool. I don't remember for sure off the top of my head. I believe they were very anti Semitic. Uh, Notably, like uh, notably, uh, Tim LaHaye, one of the authors behind Left Behind, was a member of the John Birch Society, and the Left ah, Behind okay. books yeah. are basically all about merging John Birch conspiracy theories with uh, Christian apocalypse theology. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're pretty familiar with the things that the John Birch Society believes in, even if okay. you've never heard of yeah. them before. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, according to Rational Wiki, at least, which, to be fair, is not necessarily an unbiased source in this, uh, they, oh, well, yeah, John Birch Society in 1959, they released a pamphlet called There Goes Christmas in which they claimed that there was a new communist plot to take the Christ out of Christmas by replacing Christmas decorations with United Nations iconography. Great. So, yeah, it's it's older than most of our parents. Okay, then, okay, yeah, okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Then I, I okay, now I, I feel okay with saying that they are... We're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. The John Birch Society claimed that Jews were launching a war on Christianity, with one paper lamenting, Last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth. This was, of course, seen as a plot by Jewish conspirators who consider any public expression of Christian character as being derogatory to their religion. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all, that's always fun. Yeah. So it's always it's it's sure it's fun how you can like pick at basically any factor of American culture and like a micron underneath the surface there is like racism and or anti Semitism. Yep. Yeah. Um this will be this is a very far away from what we're talking about. Okay, okay. Uh but yesterday I watched a movie a documentary about sex in movies. Uh-huh. And it was very interesting to see how, like, race and religion and all of that kind of, and, like, gender politics, like, got its way through all of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And to see, like, how that, like, the ebb and flow of that went. Mm-hmm. Uh... It, yeah, it, it is just something where it's like it's it sometimes can be hard to understand like just the what a huge impact those things have, especially if you're like us, white, right? Uh, that like yeah, it uh, is. Uh, huh? So, Jordan, were you saying something? Oh no, sorry. I oh, didn't. okay, okay. Uh. And, you know, all part of basically what I would consider, like, a religious majority. Sure, yeah. Like, even as someone who is agnostic, I am, I would say, probably closer to... Right, you're still, like, part of, like, the Christian hegemony, even if you're not a practicing Christian. Yes. Like, you're from that culture. Yes, in a way that, like, I try to, like, make sure I, like, understand and realize... Because there's, like, I feel like a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm an agnostic or an atheist, yeah. so I am totally removed from all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I follow someone on Twitter, uh, I believe their handle is Just Say Christian, wh- who uh, does a lot of yelling at atheists to po- point out, like, no, you're a Christian atheist, like, come on, you still are influenced by Christian culture, even if you don't believe in the religion, why do you have such a hard time admitting that? Yeah. They're a good follow. I recommend it. Um, it's like I I've seen a lot of people who are like that who like will try to make uh like, oh, this is like my holiday thing and like specifically like make it a holiday thing, like this is all just Christmas shit, because that's what you grew up with. Right. And it's fine if you want to like remove the religious elements from this holiday for you and your family. Sure. 
and still celebrate them as a way of, like, you know, giving to one another in a time of family. Right. But, like, understand that you're still using iconography and, like, anyway, we've gone far off. We, we have. I mean, listen, we're talking Christmas. This is all related. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, um... And again, like, this episode of VeggieTales isn't, like, bad, per se. Like, I don't disagree with any of the messages in it or anything. It yeah. just feels like a brick in the wall of, like... Christian, like, victim complex, you know? Yeah. Going through all rem- all the classics and reminding us kind yeah. of yes. way. Yeah, and, and again, like, there is there is a kernel in here where if they had developed it more uh, and were more willing to be direct in what they were saying, where you could come across as, oh, capitalism, uh, like, like, rich people are exploiting our religious beliefs for profit, you know? And that would be like, okay, sure, we can talk about that. I'm interested, I'm listening. But they, it's, it doesn't quite go far enough with that, for that to be the message of the, the thing. Yeah. Anyhow. Where were we? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Grandpa George has now uh, converted this toy to Christianity. <laughs> well, why do you play like that? <laughs> this vegetable just taught this wooden toy man about uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, they are now desperate to get that message out to the world. And they realize, like, oh, geez, we can't even just explain it to Dinkletown because, like, that commercial aired everywhere. We got to tell everyone about it. How are we going to do it? And I love how deadpan Larry's like, except Pugsleyville, the bridge is out. Like, yeah, we don't yeah. have to tell them anything. Right. And those people are dead to the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Junior gets the idea to go break into the toy factory and use the TV studio where the commercial was broadcast from in order to tell everyone about the true meaning of Christmas. So when I first watched this, I had the thought... Is it normal for a toy factory to have a television studio in it? You know, I don't know much about toy factories, but I'm going to guess no. Yeah, I'm going to say no. And <laughs> on top of that, uh, how did Junior know there was a television fact or in the toy factory? Lucky guess. Yeah, just decided to like just throw it at the wall, see if it's stuck. I do like when we cut back to the town. All the kids are just running in circles, screaming and crying about how they want a Buzzsaw Louie. Yeah. And, like, the two <laughs> carrot kids just smash into each other and are just laying on the ground, screaming. That's a very kid thing to do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, but, yeah, they break in. There's a whole, like, stealth sequence where they're sneaking around these penguins that are all over the, you know, uh, factory. Wait, yeah, they, and one of the penguins is like, what's that noise? Uh, must have been nothing. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's washing dishes in a sink. Yeah, that's true. But this is... is why Is there, like, a mess hall? or ga- This, this penguin yeah. got to eat. This toy yeah. factory ha- is much more self-contained uh, than I thought it was. 
Yeah, it's a whole, like, castle, basically. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, where there's pig... He's basically got some fucking oopaloopas as penguins. Yep, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And they managed to break into the toy studio, or the, the TV studio, rather. And Junior is gives his whole impassioned speech about how, listen, Christmas isn't about toys. Not that there's anything wrong with toys. Listen, we all... We all love toys, and we love getting them. But, but, but Jesus, though. <laughs> but what about Jesus? Uh, and then he hands the uh, the mic on over to Buzzsaw Louie, who manages to, uh, you know... I, yeah, go ahead. You say that really, like, solidified in my mind after I've been thinking about it for a few minutes. Buzzsaw Louie would be a great rapper name. <laughs> <laughs> By a guy named Buzzsaw Louie. Yeah. And he had Buzzsaws for hands on the cover. You you would buy that <laughs> album. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, so, Buzzsaw Louie gives uh, his whole impassioned speech. You don't get to hear it. Uh, Grandpa George just narrates it. Uh, which I didn't really pick up on how common that was until you pointed it out, Ashley, the other day. Yeah. But, like, this always happens. Is that like yeah? They don't actually ever say anything. Yeah, like in character, it's always the narrator, right? Uh, Mister Nezer is uh, frustrated because he's like, "Wait, why? What's happened? They don't. They're no, they're no longer screaming and crying for a need that I created in them. What's going on? It it, it instantly works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bustle. So- Louis is uh, a great, you know, uh, orator. And, yeah. and mi- millions of families, I guess, see this, including the ones in Dinkletown. Yeah, he instantly converted the entire town of Dinkletown uh, <laughs> with one simple speech. Yeah. This is some real, like, End of Wolfenstein 2 shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory about uh, Louis that we will circle back around to at the end of the episode. Oh, great. <laughs> I just want to plant the seeds of that one right now. Uh, <laughs> so, Mr. Nezer realizes that they're using his TV studio to broadcast this horrible message of love and unity. He's like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we cut to them tied up on his weird, like, shipping machine that, like, oh. is connected to a whole bunch of tubes that'll shoot them to all the different towns. The commercial goes long enough for for him to bust in, like the te- so people oh, right, in, yeah. in their homes literally see see uh, the gasping looks of Junior and Buzzsaw Louie as the camera suddenly yeah, and, cuts and, 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 and he shouts. And they hear Mr. Nezer like actively threaten them on live television. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, very smart. I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> uh, so no he's, one will find your bodies. Yeah. Uh, so he's just trying to uh, pick which town he's going to launch them to so they don't get in his way. And Larry just goes, well, whatever you do, don't send us to Pugsleyburg. The bridge is out. And uh, I like you can't really see him that clearly, but you do see Junior Asperger just hang his head when Larry says that. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like, ugh. Fucking damn it. Uh-huh. I think, like, Bob gives him, like, a look. Yeah. I, th- I think he actually even says, nice going. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Mr. Ezra's just like, oh, yep, great. Bridge murder sounds good. 
<laughs> yeah. Like my like my brother, I am rare to go with murder. I will murder anybody that gets in the way of my bottom line. Uh and like but before he sends them off, he tells he has to stop because he goes, Listen, no one even cares about your dumb message. Look, no one even came to save you. Smash cut to everyone I, coming to save, save them. them. <laughs> I I like the way he does it where he's like in five Four, three, two, one last thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a reverse Columbo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they all, like, all the townsfolk break in and they're steaming mad that he's about to murder a child and two people of indeterminate age. There's a distressed penguin behind all of them. Yeah. And, that, uh. That he's gonna murder a child and two drifters. <laughs> Uh, but they like ne- Nezer's just like, oh, what are you gonna do to me, huh? And what they do to him is they show him kindness and they give him a present. Uh, and he opens it and it's a teddy bear and he loves it. And uh, he t- he suddenly goes into this whole monologue about how all he ever wanted was a Christmas present of his own, but his family was poor, so he didn't get one. Yeah, which you know that that's they really don't. Like, you know, they had the silly song about it, but, like, Santa, like, is proven to be false here. <laughs> yeah, I get... In, in what way do you mean? Oh, oh, because otherwise Mr. Nezer would have gotten a toy. Yeah, I guess you could have said that he was a naughty kid, so... Right, we don't know that he was naughty as a kid. Like, the implication is that because he never got Christmas presents, he turned naughty. Yeah, maybe this is, like, some Minority Report Santa shit. <laughs> <laughs> where like he has seen that this kid will be naughty right it's just some like Calvinist Santa <laughs> yes everyone has an intrinsic uh, you know good or evilness to them uh, that's decided of, you know ahead of their birth and uh, you just gotta deal with it yeah I think that's what Calvinism is right Jordan back me up here I actually don't I never looked up Calvinism Ah, shit. I'm pretty sure that's Calvinism. <laughs> VeggieTakes at gmail.com if I'm getting it mixed up with a different uh, thing. Anyhow. Calvinism is when you're best friends with Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, uh, Mr. Nezer is instantly transformed into a good guy uh, because... Uh, he's, he's converted into a good guy. Well, yeah. He's just like, oh, now I understand the error of my ways And I will never try to abuse capital to make more money again Uh, But he does accidentally bump the go button And launch them to their death anyway Yeah Uh, And And he genuinely panics Which, true to his conversion He's horrified by what he's done He gets another sled going and, And rockets off to go try to save them uh, a bunch of penguins from the fact- factory head off after them in, like, dish sleds. I guess they're the rescue penguins? I mean, one of them hit yeah. a red alert, so this is something they planned for? Sure, I mean, you gotta have an emergency protocol if you have death sheets yeah. in your factory. I mm. just OSHA. But there were uh, no railings on that platform. <laughs> well, and there should yeah, have been. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, 
Buzzsaw Louie. That's why he's got the penguins, because, like, it's like, oh, okay, we can... Right. If we do say this, we could say, like, we, it could be classified as a zoo and not a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have to buy railings, we don't got to buy helmets. This is great. <laughs> uh, but, um... Buzzsaw Louie is like, oh, God... How are we going to get out of this jam? We're all tied up on a sled careening to our doom. If only there was one of us who had a buzzsaw in his hand. And, uh, yeah, Louis uses the buzzsaw to cut them free. And then says, okay, everybody with hands, start tying this rope together. And I posted it on my Twitter account, but it's a pretty good joke because it's just, like, Cheater Asparagus, like, looking like, mm, and then... Bob, like, and then Larry just smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, Louis just like, oh, right, I'm the only one with hands. Well, let me get to work. I, he, what he explicitly says is, like, okay, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> just me. Yeah. Which, it's just, the rules of the veggie telekinesis are so inconsistent. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think we have to declare this episode non-canon. It's the only way it makes sense. <laughs> Hey, listen, if that's what you need <laughs> to sleep at night. Well, no, it's, 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 it's what we need, isn't it? Aren't you in this with me? <laughs> Luke. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, like, if we're going with non-canon, though, I guess that would explain how buzzsaws work in this in this story. <laughs> <laughs> right, because uh, basically the 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 veggie squad plus Buzzsaw Louie managed to save themselves, which leaves uh, Nezer just careening towards his death all on his own. Uh, so Louie catches one of the s- penguins as they slide by, and he uses his buzzsaw like a motor in the snow. I don't sure. I don't think that's how buzzsaws do. I know. Like I don't think uh, I would have thought that even as a kid. That's that's the, what's really has me confused. I, it's kind of like a like a boat motor, I guess. But yeah, you know, for as cartoon but not logic, enough. no, huh. but it, you know, it, it's cartoon logic. I'm not that upset by it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one you're not upset by. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, they, Mr. Nezer goes flying off the cliff, all the penguins go flying off the cliff with Louie, they all, like, grab each other's feet to make a penguin chain to catch Mr. Nezer, and the day is saved. And, uh, our narrator, who I already, who I forgot the name of, Grandpa George, George. uh, yeah, Grandpa George is like, well, lucky I was there with my... You know, tow truck. Otherwise, they'd be there to this day. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And like, okay, fucking <laughs> Grandpa George. Yeah, yeah, just making himself the real hero of the story. <laughs> Some may say that the real hero was Jesus. Others may say it was me. But Jesus, Jesus once came down and told me that I was the best Christian. 
by the way, I forgot to mention this, but I like how the truck is like a snowmobile. So it just has sleds and treads instead of wheels on it. Yeah. Seeing yeah. as how they've had trouble with that before. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's totally why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everyone uh, gets together for Christmas. Even Mr. Nezzer's there. Everyone is exchanging gifts because now they understand that giving presents is more important than getting them. Uh, and Louie settles down in Dinkletown. And uh, at first he was going to have his buzzsaw surgically removed <laughs> so that it didn't accidentally what? hurt anybody. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that. Surgically? Yeah. Um... But and then instead, I'm having my hand surgically removed so they don't hurt anybody. <laughs> I mean, like his his muscle like folds up and goes into his arm. So yeah, yeah. But instead, he realized that he can use it to ply a trade and becomes. He, he starts making wooden furniture for the whole town. Yeah, he he decides that he needs to get in on this capitalism biz. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, he has a house so, now, so he has to pay for it somehow. That is true. But so, okay. Let's talk about Buzzsaw Louie for a second here. Yeah. Okay. His last album was Fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buzzsaw Louie is uh, born through, I think it's fair to say, miraculous circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we yes. don't see how they're put together. But I mean, he he's, comes he's a, to he comes to life when none of the oh, others yeah. do. Yeah, in that sense. And also, literally born under the star of Bethlehem. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he becomes oh. a he becomes a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he doesn't uh, die and come back from the dead. You know, there's time for that. He does risk his life. Uh, for Mr. Nezer, a sinner. Yes. Is Buzzsaw Louie the Veggie Tale Dimensions version of Jesus Christ? Yes, I think you're right. I have a still. Uh, if if I'm just gonna send this to you in the Skype chat, if you can describe this, Ashley. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> In a position I would describe as Christ Air. Yeah, yeah. When he dives off the cliff to save Mr. Nezer, he sort of T poses. Um, That's a lot of points in Tony Hawk. Yeah, that is a lot of points in Tony Hawk. Jesus is great at Tony Hawk. No, I, but, but eventually it gets like bad because he's like just doing the same move over and over again. Right, right. Did okay. Jesus is, is the Messiah that God sent to to Earth to to save uh, us from our sins. Has he heard the prayers of these vegetables and sent them their own Messiah in the form of Buzzsaw Louis? Is this Jesus his son? I mean, he is a wooden toy, and Jesus was a carpenter. Now, is he wooden? He looks wooden to me. I guess I don't know. They don't say. I, I just say because, like, the uh, hitting the nose makes me think. 
Yeah, but you can have a yeah. wooden button. Okay, yeah. yeah it could, it could have electronics a, in there. A but. wooden shell over some electronic yeah. par- and metal yeah. parts. Like the buzzsaw. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, then I guess he is buzzsaw hand Jesus. Okay, well. So, Phil Friend Fisher, of Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> his, his mom did not let him depict Jesus, so he created a Jesus of his own. This is really just Phil Vischer rebelling against his mother. I'm going Freudian with it, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, but do you think he did that on purpose, or was it the bacteria eating his heart that made him do this? Why did the bacteria eating his heart? It's hard to say. <sighs> well, I guess we'll have to keep uh, out a lookout, see if Buzz... If Buzzsaw Louie comes back, I don't know. I I want a little major scene with Buzzsaw Louie. <laughs> <laughs> And now this episode like, is confirming that we're both going to hell. <laughs> okay, kids, you know, war- like you could play with the all of this, but make sure you don't cut your hands on baby Jesus there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is. It, that's the schism in the vegetable church, where like some people think yes. it's okay to make a nativity with a dull blade of Buzzsaw Louie, and others think that uh, that is sacrilege, and you have to depict him in all his sharpness. It does say oh. Buzzsaw Louie debut. Who? Oh, he's in other episodes. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, he's a picture cameo and he's mentioned. So we're gonna... He's not... He doesn't show up again, but they talk about him. Okay, oh. okay. And Phil so said, we'll on, to see. said on Twitter that he moved to Florida and became a realtor. Uh, oh, what? yeah. According to Phil on Twitter, <laughs> Buzzsaw Louie had moved to Florida and become a realtor, hence why the character never returned on the show. What is oh, that man. a metaphor for? <laughs> Jesus, sell me a house. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I think we have another VeggieTales mystery on our hands, gang. He said that in September. Wow, okay. Because someone was asking him as well this September if he was coming back. Boy, oh boy. I bet... Of all of the shows that we could probably get a like a reaction from the character from like the creator on, yeah, I feel like this is probably one of the better chances. Yeah, please don't, please don't put this on, <laughs> please don't put us on Phil Vicious' radar. I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> Can we just make a burner Twitter account? <laughs> no. It asks. If Buzzsaw Louie was a metaphor for Jesus. Uh, Ashley, I can't tell you what to do with your free time. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) The big idea, Wiki marks his species as toy. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that's technically accurate. Yeah. Do we have questions, Ashley? I mean, yes, we do. So many. But do we have questions from others than us? Yeah, we do. Uh, from at that fire princess, since it's Sword Shield Week, what kind of Pokemon would Robert and Lawrence use? Oh boy, what's what's the Pokemon team for Bob and Larry? I feel like they're. They're like a double team that you have to fight. Like, you have to play a doubles yeah. match mm-hmm. against them. Which I think would also kind of give them a theme to their Pokemon as well. 
Yeah, yeah. I still think Larry would pick something a little bit more f- fun and upbeat, though. Maybe like a Plusle, or, or I'm not sure what which ones stayed in Sword and Shield just yet. Right. Would he use the the, the teacup one? Do you think? Mm. Or tea kettle that's one? A, that's that's feels like more of an Archibald Pokemon. Yeah. 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 I feel like Larry. Hmm. Uh, I have an answer, and it's, I don't like the answer, but I do think it's true. All right, then, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think Larry would use Jinx. It's, it's, got, it's got big lips, which he loves, and it's racially insensitive, which he refuses <laughs> to acknowledge. And it's actually portrayed in Pokemon kind of as being a helper to Santa. Oh, is that true? Does it help, like, Delibird? Uh, there's an actual Pokemon Christmas special where Jinx is, like, riding along with Santa Claus, tossing presents well, around. All right. <laughs> not not going to get into the religious implications of that. Nope. <laughs> As for Bob... Would, hmm. would that mean that he would... No, he wouldn't go with Mr. Mime as a kind of... That's what I was thinking, kind of, but I don't really have a good justification for that one. Yeah. Other than it kind of is a compliment to Jinx. Yeah. Which, we shouldn't compliment Jinx. Never compliment <laughs> Jinx. God. Why have they not just gotten rid of Jinx? They've had so many opportunities. No one would complain. You know what? Everyone's mad about Pokemon right now. Not a soul would be mad if they just said, you know what? Jinx is gone. <laughs> It's like, replace the national decks except Jinx. Yeah, and everyone be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that, that tracks. Like, some racists would be mad, and that's it. Yeah, but who cares about them? They aren't Exactly. Oh. Well, it's... I'm still actually trying to think what Bob would have. Maybe a, uh... Yeah. A Torpig? Or the... Fire pig one from uh, yeah, black yeah, and yeah, white. Yeah. Tepig. Tepig. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's hard, it's hard for me to remember the ones past uh, Ruby and no, Sapphire. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I could see him like an Embor situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just Bob's just kind of so boring and flat that it's hard to really yeah. ascribe <laughs> a personality to him. He doesn't sing silly songs. He would have like. What's the most boring Pokemon? Oh, boy. Pidgeot? Uh, like, just a normal flying type, or just a regular normal type? Yeah, I could see that. Like, a, like just a... Oh, he would like have a, a Bidoof! Take it back, take it back. <laughs> Alright. He probably Good. wouldn't like how, how it stared at him, though. Anyways. Yeah. He, wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't caught into that. I this question, you know, we I thought we were having fun here, but uh, you know, I guess sometimes it gets into hurt feelings, and uh, people say things they can't take back about the doof. I'm Let's move on to the next one. Oh well, not accepted. <laughs> <laughs> From at Wetsuaru, what's the best toy you ever got? Oh, hmm. Jordan. Uh, um. Jeez, my. <sighs> My parents spoiled me rotten growing up, and that's the problem. Oh. So I got a lot of toys. Yeah. Um, one cr- J- just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you think like w- looking back on it, I kind of feel wow. I'm kind of feel bad that you know uh, we 
got so much compared to things. But yeah, um, I know one Christmas I got the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sewer playset, and that was a big deal because that's that oh thing's, damn that thing's huge and had all kinds of stuff going on. Like it had above ground and below ground, and like a swing power lines attack thing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think mine is probably, I really, I had a thing as a little kid, I, I had got it in my head, it was selfish to ask Santa for more than one toy. And I got more than one toy, because my parents also spoiled me, kinda, but I felt like, no, 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 I need to ask for just one. And I remember one year, I, I went to, like, the mall Santa or whatever, and I, I'm sure this was not half as articulate as I remember it being, because I was, like, four. <laughs> but I was just like, listen, I only ever asked for one toy, but I I really want the Shogun Megazord, but he can combine with the Falcon <laughs> Zord, and, but they're, they don't come together, and I would really like to have both. I did get both. You're just like, you were just like, I want the, the, the Falcons or Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the guy's like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think that's mine. Uh, what do you have, Ashley? Um, I, is it cheating to say like a game system? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Go for it. Uh, then it'd be when I got my uh, Super NES. That was the first game console I ever had. It uh, kind of, you know, put me on this route of being a gamer. Yeah, uh-huh. Which, you know, blessing and a curse. Um, but, like, no, it, like, it, you know, it can't, I got Donkey Kong with it, Donkey Kong Country. And I never actually really got any of, like, the Mario games. Yeah. So, like... For me, like, oh, like, the Super NES, like, the big thing for that was the Donkey Kong Country series. Ah. <laughs> Which I just find kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, I... Christmas-wise, the video games, I do remember there was a good year where it was... The year the N64 came out, and I had opened... Uh, I, I think the last present I opened was an N64... And my parents were like, all right, hey, go, why don't you go upstairs uh, and, and put it away for now? You know, we, maybe we can talk about hooking it up on the TV later. But then during all of that, they had put a box on the stairs that was like a little like 15-inch TV to put in my room to hook the N64 up to. And that was like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. I don't have mm-hmm. to stop playing Mario 64 just because my mom wants to watch Lifetime. <laughs> I, I don't have to sit... And, like, watch Shop Till You Drop, that shitty, like, mall game show that came on after uh, uh, Supermarket Sweep, just, like, bouncing in anticipation until I get to play Mario anymore. Uh, my parents once got me a Wii, like, and I was like, listen, you don't need to get me a Wii, like, I'm fine without it. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and they, like, were gonna wait in line for it. Like, yeah. when it came out. Because it came out, like, somewhat close to Christmas. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it came out And like I November. remember... I remember them going, like... Yeah, we went, and there was, like, no one there. So we just... 
we decided, like, we just drove by and just decided, like, let's just get tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had my mom wait in line for me because I had to go to, like, a, some after school thing. I think it was, like, speech team. Uh, and I had her go over at, like, 7 or 8 o'clock that night. I'm like, okay, as soon as I'm off, I'll switch you out. Just, like, sit here. Listen, it's, like, my birthday. Just, can you, can you give me, like, a couple hours of time? She gave me so much shit about having to just, like, sit. I guess it wasn't really, it was pre-smartphone, so she didn't really have anything to do. She could have, listen, I'm not, (laughs) I appreciate she went, and I'm not trying to sound ungrateful, but she was very, like, ugh, ugh, I can't believe I'm doing this for you, like. Just bring a book. I'm asking you to sit for two hours somewhere. Oh, I, I just, I forgot a, I, what I think is an important section of my story. Yeah. Which is that as uh, I was shooting a little documentary for a class. Uh-huh. And I decided to do it, like, on the upcoming, like, console war, quote unquote. Yeah. And so I had gone to someone's, uh, like, a different store's, like, midnight launch, and there was no one there, and so I was, like, just filmed that, because I was like, oh, I was going to interview people, but I guess not anymore. Mm-hmm. And so then my parents had to go to a different store to see if it also... <laughs> like, uh-huh. that same night, like, I, they, my dad drove me home, and then was like, okay, like, night, okay, let's go to back to the store just to make sure there's still no one there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, I think that's good enough for that question. Yeah. Uh, from at Rush of Nowhere, what's some Christmas slash wintertime TV specials you're fond of? Hmm. I, I have not actually watched it start to finish in a long time, but there's a party that's just like, I don't know, I like the Rankin-Bass Rudolph thing. I, yeah, I was gonna say that, like, I was like, those are things I'm 99% sure are bad. Yeah. <laughs> not like... You know, in like a real way, but like just. <laughs> or maybe in a real way. I haven't watched them as an adult, really. Y- you know what? That's fair. Maybe there's some shit in there where I'd be like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's fair. But, like, just, I, I don't think those are good to watch movies. Right. But there's something about them that's like, yeah, no, that's. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're nostalgic. Mm hmm. Um, I liked the uh, Rugrats Hanukkah specials. Yeah, those those were cool. Uh, do you wonder? Well, uh, okay. I was gonna say there's. I like you know some of the ones in general. I like the jokes and stuff that come around from like Christmas Story or mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation or even Elf. Like my mom loves that, and so that yeah. became one of the staples that we saw. But for me, one of my favorite Christmas specials is a Rankin Bass, but probably not one people know. Or Santa remember. Claus is coming to town? No, no. Uh, oh. It is the life and adventures of Santa Claus, which oh, maybe, which is yeah, go ahead. it's kind of like Santa Claus is coming to town, where it tells the origin of Santa Claus, but it tells it in this I cannot explain other than a batshit insane way because it is based on a book by L. Frank Baum, the creator of Wizard of Oz. Uh huh. Like it has it's. The story is framed with a council of elders wondering if they're going to bestow immortality on Santa Claus for his good deeds and telling his life and story and why he should be. And people are there arguing for or against him, including something called a wind demon that is just like sticks in a brown cloak. And and the great 
Ock, which looks like Gandalf if he ate an ant. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, uh, the great ox uh, actually goes into battle at one point during there fighting trolls with a with an axe that shoots lasers. And I'm like, okay. And this is this is stop motion Rankin Bass that, that yeah, did all this. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask, like, oh, this is like the stop motion. <laughs> yes. All right. So it is incredibly crazy, and oh, uh, it it is a it is something to see. Like, especially wow. As, uh, either especially if you're slightly buzzed, like most of my friends were when I showed it to them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Um, but the thing Makes is, is that. Apparently, it also has been adapted into a shonen anime, oh, and I want to what? see it, but I have yet to see it. That sounds great. I uh, feel like we may need to do like a special episode on like Christian anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do really like uh, the uh, line in Santa Claus is Coming to Town where they're like in prison. And that ice wizard who was like a bad guy at the beginning but became a good guy was like, oh, can't you use your magic to help get us out? He goes, no, I don't have any magic left. Just this magic corn that can make reindeer fly. And that's the explanation for Santa's reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. We got anything else? (laughs) Um... Uh, from Matthew and Percival, uh, does Billy have more toys than you? Uh, I have a lot of Amiibo. <laughs> uh, growing- you say Billy, Billy might be weak sauce? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure in a lot of situations when I was growing up, I was Billy. Yeah. Like, much yeah. to the chagrins of other parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Billy. <laughs> yeah, no. The the Billy for my uh lived next to me, and he had a bunch of like wrestling toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to the point where he had like the whole Hell in the Cell play set and like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I remember I I did get spoiled a lot as like a little kid, but not by my parents. I uh, my parents chipped in. But uh, we lived by my grandparents, and we were I was mm. the only grandkid that lived by our grandparents. So, like, for instance, we got a Super Nintendo at my house. My grandparents bought a Sega Genesis so the grandkids would have something to do when they were at that house, like, visiting. And then after, like, a year, they're like, you know what? No one ever uses this. Luke, you want it? I'm like, yes. <laughs> 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 like, you're the only one that ever plays it anyway. Just take it home. Like, oh, okay, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> All right, uh, but that that's basically it for questions. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do have one email from uh, veggietakes at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, 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 I think this person's name would be okay to read out loud, but I'm just going to play it safe and keep these anonymous unless someone explicitly says otherwise in the email. <gasps> this is the VeggieTales uh, confession booth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I've been listening to the latest episode of Whip Whist and wanted to share a couple thoughts. One, have we considered whether the animals in the vegetable universe are to scale with the vegetables, either the animals are very small or the vegetables are people-sized? Uh, I feel like we've we've talked about that, right? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I think the answer is I don't know. Uh, I think the intention with the bearded aunt jokes refer not to trans women, but women with uh, hirsutism, a medical condition that causes women to grow facial hair. My reasoning for this is I do not think 90 er- 90s era Phil Vischer knew what a trans person was, but was aware of the bearded lady carnival stereotype seen in pop culture, which originates from hirsutism. I, I think that's basically right. It doesn't make I, and it... We- yeah discuss this that it is not right. specifically making fun of trans women but is making jokes about like femininity that affects trans women yeah it's, it's just making fun of uh, a much broader category of women that trans women happen to fall under and yeah because also you don't need that specific uh you know i'm trying to find the right word like yeah uh condition to have be a lady and have hair on your face. Right. And, like, not even a, like, trans lady, like a cis lady. Yeah. Like, hey, sometimes, like, hair just grows there sometimes. Body. Yeah. Like, it yeah. happens. Uh, and let's see. My belief of the Rubik's Cube of Phil Vischer's politics is that he is qu- triple quote apolitical, which is to say that he is the sort of person who does not want to address, confront, or even think about politics outside of a voting booth. Which is to say his politics are ambiguously well-intentioned, but prone to ignoring any real political issues. Furthermore, that is, this is to say that Phil Vischer's politics are unknown even to himself. I, Ooh, I like that answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I don't know if that's dead on the money, but it's definitely in the ballpark. Yeah. I love all this uh, judgment we cast upon this man we've never <laughs> spoken to and never will. No, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I need to cancel the guest. Okay, yeah, sorry, Phil. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. Okay, he just he doesn't seem into it. I thought he would be. Okay, yeah. No, I, All God, right. I would die. I think he's kind of a shit, and also I don't want yeah. to talk to him. I don't yeah, want to have to I'd defend all... my opinion that he's kind of a shit to his face. Yeah, no, I want to also state for the record, I also think he is a shit and don't want to talk to him. Yeah. Jordan, what's your opinion on the matter? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of agree with you guys. He's and especially with that take from the email, like it it sounds like he's the kind of person who you know is saying all the right things because he thinks he's saying the right things and thinks he knows he's saying doing things right, but he really is not not considering anything at all. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. like basically the the person who's self-assured that he's doing the right thing even when he's not. Right, right. Uh, I think that might be an episode of Where's Pod When I'm Scared, Ashley? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, all right. Uh, and, uh, Jordan, where can people find you online? Um, most of the while, they, well, especially now, they can find me on Twitter, though I mostly just retweet stuff from Audio Entropy. But, uh... I'm at Dory Mingu, which is like D-O-R-I underscored M-I-N-G-U. Uh, I also tend to try and keep the Audio Entropy Facebook page current, which I've had a little trouble with because of a small computer problem, but that's that's okay. It should be fixed soon. But uh, if for some reason you need to get a hold of me, you can get kind of contact me through there because I keep an eye on that. Uh, you can find me at your librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, and you can f- 
find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor uh, and other podcasts I'm on at audiohp.com. Yeah, go subscribe to Ashley's Patreon. Give her some cash. You get these episodes early, or at least as early as it's possible to get them. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, you can find this show and a whole bunch of other great shows on audioentropy.com. Uh, a whole bunch of new ones are getting launched. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've got Thesaurus Rekt, where uh, uh, Ava, uh, your co-host from It's a Podcast After All, uh, and I believe a co-host, I have I'm, I don't remember. I think it's Michael. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new show. I yeah. don't have the details down yet. <laughs> Leave me alone. Anyway, they try to kill the Thesaurus. By taking every synonym in the English language and giving it a new, unique definition. A baffling and Sisyphean endeavor that I can only applaud. Uh, We also have, uh, I think it's Stranger's Fiction, right? It's an actual play RPG podcast. Go listen to it. it, We we did an episode for it uh, as part of Extra Life, where we played uh, Interstitial. And I got to just be Roxas and grump about how the mission sucked. <laughs> I think it has a... Uh, the Twitter is like Strangest Fic Pod. Was it Strangest Fiction? Like, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Let, let me check, because I, I have it right yeah. here. And it'll take me, like, a few seconds to look it up. Yeah. Also, it, uh, I'm actually not... No, I don't think that one's actually up on the website yet, but it's coming uh. soon. Uh yeah, that one that one's yeah, happening. Soon. Strangers yeah. fiction, and it's at uh, uh on Twitter at Strangers Fic Pod. Yeah, uh, it's not as new, but we also have uh some some shows that launched recently, like uh Gotcha Journalism, where uh they mm-hmm. tried they, they inspect different Gotcha Pawn games. <laughs> it's a great title. Fuck, it's no. a good title. <laughs> and uh, the Surviving Culinarian, where uh. TWA host Zach gets together with a professional chef friend of his, uh, who I'm pretty sure just yells at him about how bad of a cookie is for, you know, an hour or two. And you know what? Zach deserves to be yelled at. For food crimes, at least. Yeah. Anyway, I think that just about wraps everything up here. You know, subscribe to us on iTunes, hit the donate button on audioentropy.com to give us a little bit of money to help with server costs, hosting fees. That would be fantastic. Um... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that I think that's it. Uh, we did actually just get a last minute question. Oh, oh shit! What do we got uh, from TR6 Queen Lee? What power tool would you want to come out of your hand? Oh, hmm, hmm. I like the idea of a drill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty sick. I uh, needle nose pliers, I think, would be useful. Hmm, hmm. Just like I'm trying to think of other power tools, like just a. Uh, Oh, just like a nail gun. Oh. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Just like open up your hand and like choke right out of your palm. Yeah. Like fucking Scorpion with his harpoon thing. Uh-huh. So yep. instead of you getting stigmata, you give others stigmata. There you go, yeah. <laughs> alright, alright. Alright, let's get out of here. Alright, uh... Until, well, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Remember, God made you special. And he loves you very much. And so, and so do, do we. we.